0: Welcome back to another episode of Inside SFPS. My name is Cody Donarski, public information officer with Santa Fe Public Schools. And today I am joined by Mr. Brian Cruz, who is a bilingual first grade teacher at Ramirez Thomas Elementary. How are you doing today? Hi, Cody. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. I'm really excited for this episode. I think you are a first bilingual teacher on the podcast. Wow. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. It's an honor to be here. I'm, uh, I'm excited <laughs> about this. So let's jump right into it. So are you originally from Santa Fe? Where, you, where did you grow up?
1: Well, long story short, I was born in Long Beach, California. Okay. And my parents took me to Mexico when I was 11 months. Oh, wow. So I was raised in both countries, in, in Mexico, specifically in Poza Rica, Veracruz and then moved back to California back and forth. I spent some years of my elementary high school in California and San Jose and Oakland, and then going back and forth. I ended up doing college in Mexico, because it, uh, yeah. it was cheaper yeah. to go to college yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I, uh, I, I went to college in Mexico. Then I decided to move back to the United States. Mm-hmm. And then um, I ended up in Santa Fe. Yeah. Oh, wow. My dad, my dad, he's a teacher. Okay. He also worked for the schools. Oh, very cool. Yes.
0: So you grew up with a father as an educator. Yes. My dad's an educator. Yes. Were you one of those kids growing up where it's like, I want to do what my dad did? Or did you kind of push away wanting to become a teacher and then kind of ended up back into it? How was that for you? Well, I remember
1: one time my dad told me, don't be a teacher. He said that to me. I ended up being a teacher. I, I really loved my profession, my my career. I uh, went to school. I'm also an engineer. Oh, wow. Yeah, Is that what you went to college for? I went to college for engineering. Oh, wow. And then I decided, third semester of engineering, I decided to go to uh, education school. So I did, um, I was going every Saturday to school for education, mm-hmm. and Monday to Friday I was doing engineering. It sounds crazy. <laughs> I did both at the yeah. same
0: time, but yes, I um, I graduated from both. Oh like, uh, wow! My
1: my uh, my
0: major in both. That's incredible. What was it like? Kind of going back really quickly. What was it like for you? Did you go to school between the U.S. and Mexico? Like, were you kind of going back and forth between going to school in Mexico and going to school in California? Mm-hmm. What was that like? Because you know, some kids do interzone transfers here in Santa Fe, but going to school in two different countries. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like? It was it was a big impact to me. Mm-hmm. So,
1: for example, sixth grade, right? Um, I went to Mexico. All of a sudden, I took a flight. Three hours later, I was in California, and going to school the next day. It was a big impact for me, in, in the cultural way. Mm-hmm. It was it was a big impact, changing to another language, having new friends, uh, new people a new teacher who doesn't speak Spanish. I was in an English class only, San Jose, California. And it was hard. It was hard, but I always had the support from my parents. They were always there. My dad was at the same school, elementary school. Okay. So he was there to support me. They always said, uh, do your best. Do your best. And yeah. So going back and forth, uh, basic education here in the U.S., and Mexico, it's it's okay to, to transfer with, oh. with only a report card. But when, when I went to high school... It was a long process. I missed like a month of school in oh, Mexico wow. because of they have to transfer the credits and everything. So. It gets all messy and yeah. whatever
0: is Spanish, your first language or is it English? Spanish. So, so Spanish. Yes. So you went to an English only was an English only school or you were just in an English only class. It was an English only school. So as a, and, and I've never really been able to ask this kind of getting a little insight as a Spanish speaking student going to an English only school or English only class, what does, what is that like? And it, it's hard for me to even think about. And for a lot of people that, you know, when I went to school to just spoke English and yeah. that, that, that was my language, that's what I grew up with. But for someone who isn't a native English speaker and only speaks Spanish, what is that like for you as a student?
1: Ooh, well, going back, um, it was hard. It was really hard. Obviously I had some Hispanic classmates they were translating for me. They were helping me with that. My teacher, um, he was, yeah, helping me with a lot of pictures, a lot of things. I wasn't speaking English, but just a little bit. Yeah, because because um, when we were in Mexico, Mexico, my my parents um, sent me to English classes over there. So I don't. There is a saying that if you don't use it, you lose it. Yep. Yep. So that was the whole reason why they sent me to English classes. But it was it was. Um, It was hard. Honestly, it was hard. Back then, there was not a lot of resources.
0: There was Google was brand new, probably. (laughs) Well, and you probably didn't have kind of the expansive language programs like we have in Santa Fe Mm -hmm. public schools. You know, it was, you know, you went to school. This is the language that they speak. You didn't really have. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm totally guessing. And I I remember, well, obviously, my dad, he's bilingual, a bilingual
1: teacher in in Mm -hmm. schools. So. They were starting this pilot program of, of bilingual classes in, in California back then. So it was it was a big impact for me as a student. Mm-hmm. Learning, it was so hard. But uh, my teacher, my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Martinez, he used to help me a lot with that.
0: He learned some words in Spanish for me. <laughs> oh, that's good. So it was kind of mutually beneficial. You yeah. taught him, he taught you. Yeah. that. That's great. So your dad and your family moved to Santa Fe when, how old were you around? That was back in 20, probably like 2014. So, oh, so fairly recent.
1: Yes. yes. So my, my, my dad, he's in the exchange visitor program. Mm-hmm. He moved to Santa Fe and then my brother moved here to uh with him then my mom and then I was in college back then so mm-hmm. I just finished my my um my major and then I I decided to move here. Um I decided to move to Santa Fe cuz it was it's a great city and um another reason why was because uh, to honor uh my brother. My brother he passed away. Is that right to say that?
0: Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah.
1: So he passed away. Um he used to work at Pion Elementary. Oh wow. Yeah. And I moved to Santa Fe to honor him because he, his dream was to live in Santa Fe forever. So that's another reason why I decided to move to Santa
0: Fe. It's touching. And yeah. and he was a teacher, obviously, as well. He wasn't an, uh, an EA. Yeah. He was an EA and pre K. And yeah, I mean, um, when you moved to Santa Fe, were you set on becoming a teacher or did like that, did your degree in engineering kind of come back where you're like, oh, should I? Felt- no. I was
1: already, I was already working in Mexico for, um, Almost three years. Okay. As a teacher over there, I wasn't a f- uh, like a full time contractor of the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I you? i I was only going to teach some English to my students. So um, that, I did that for almost three years. Then um, then I moved to Santa Fe. I started at Sweeney as a substitute teacher uh, for a third grade class. And then um, I moved here to Ramirez Thomas.
0: And how many years have you been here at Ramirez Thomas? Uh, this is my fifth year. Okay. Fifth year, Ramirez Thomas as a first grade teacher. And have you been first grade the whole time? Yes,
1: yes. Have you only done elementary? I did, um, I did yeah. K6. So you've been
0: a K6 teacher a K-6 your entire teacher. career?
1: Yeah, I mean I in Mexico I used to teach all K6 teacher students. I did one semester teaching English to and at my engineering school in Veracruz. There was this class of engineering, they wanted to learn more English and more reading comprehension. So I went and support them with some some paragraphs, some some readings about engineering. So that was only 6 months. So I can say
0: that I yes, I taught college. For six months only. For six months, yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey that's all you have to say, though. I taught college. That's all that matters. Why, I'm curious, did you know that you wanted to do K-6, or were, was it just kind of what you started doing and what you stuck with? No, I really wanted to do K-6. I, I really wanted to do K-6.
1: I think I wanted to do more like fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Mm-hmm. But then I got the job here in first grade, and um, it was hard. The first year was hard, but then, and then nowadays it's easy. I love it. But yeah, I I wanted to do a lot of K6 only.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating to me how every, everyone who is taught kind of has like their kind of niche grades where it's like oh i loved middle school didn't like elementary didn't like high school or i love high school didn't like middle school only do k6 didn't do anything more mm-hmm. every teacher kind of has their own like grade range that they really love and then they like i don't want to touch anything else other than like kind of the the grades that i'm that i'm in what was it like i think you're one of the first teachers. I know I had Miss um, Cahill on a little while ago, but what was it like for you as a first grade teacher teaching kids through the pandemic? Because I know I asked Erica mm-hmm. on the previous episode uh, or Erica, Miss Martinez, my assistant the principal at Chaparral, um, what it was like to be a principal at that time. And I know she was a pretty new principal. Uh, the year of the pandemic but what was it like for you as a first grade teacher because you're working with right? yes, 6 year olds right 6 year olds who it's really like their second year in school because mm-hmm. they had kindergarten this was their their second year of school so they're still fairly new in the school environment and then now we're telling them hey you're having to to learn in the pandemic what was that like for you as a as a teacher oh that's that's a, <laughs> probably a loaded question yeah
1: <laughs> um it was it was hard at the beginning yeah. Yeah, because cause like you said, they're on this uh, beginning years of being in school, right? And first graders, at the beginning of the year, they like to play a lot. Yeah. Play, run, jump, everything. We were first graders, right? Yeah. So we used to do that. But it was during the pandemic, it was hard at the beginning. But then students, once they go in the routine, that once they get into the routines, mm-hmm. they get better. So for me, it was in the pandemic, like having them seated in a specific space at their house it was really hard. So I remember we, well, me, we, I see we, my team and I, we uh, send up, we look for a picture of how to set up a little station in their homes so they know what uh, that was their space during school hours. So having the students on a specific uh, space. That was something hard during the pandemic. Reading was hard at the beginning, but then we came up with any ideas. We used like Seesaw. We uh, used um, Epic. We used different apps that district gave us. Mm -hmm. And it was great to see how students were able to start reading or improve the reading using different apps. One of the things that I really love is my my hover camera. That little thing, it's amazing. I just put a book, use my finger. Um, my students were using it. Well, they didn't have one. I was yeah. using it to them. So um, they really, they were amazed of how I was reading and using my fingers. And we were looking at the words. We're working with beginning sounds, everything. So it was that part. It was hard at the beginning, but in, I mean, we did it like for almost a year. So mm-hmm. um, then the students improve
0: a lot. Did you notice, cause you stayed first grade the whole time. So yes. at the end of 2020, the kids that started the year in the class and then transitioned to remote, did you find that the kindergartners that came into first grade were better prepared or did we still have like, was there still a transition period, even getting the kindergartners kind of up to speed with how things work? Because the the first graders that you kind of finished 2020 with moved on to second grade, the kindergartners coming in had just finished the year remote did you find that they had an easier time transitioning when they got into first grade like oh okay we're used to logging into our computer we know how to get into our you know classes and stuff like that did you find that i don't want to call it the second year but the the year after we went remote did you find that those kindergartners transitioning had it a little bit easier was there still a little period where they were getting used to everything no i think i think it was easier for
1: them to use different tools back then students were used to uh, use um iPads Mm -hmm. and I think the iPad probably was not helping them 100% but now that students that those students that you were saying coming from kindergarten to first grade now they change to Chromebooks or they have Chromebooks now and it's way better so they they know how to use those different tools it it was a it was a good transition yeah it wasn't really bad as we thought it was gonna be
0: I appreciated so much How creative teachers got during the pandemic, and I—I'm curious. What was when when you look back? Mm -hmm. What was some of the more creative stuff that you did to, whether it's to help get kids engaged or whether it was like. Normally in this lesson, I do this, but because we were in the pandemic and remote, I wasn't able to, so I did this. Like what were some of the more creative things that you did? Those lessons on Seesaw
1: were really creative. That's where um, I learned how to use those type of apps. Mm -hmm. And then all all another thing was videos. I remember my wife helping, this is is crazy. But I remember my wife helping me to create videos because when we started remote, we were only uploading videos, I remember. We, were, we we didn't have google meet yeah we were only using um what we call canvas i believe yeah um, open access canvas so i remember my wife holding the ipad on top of me she was pregnant and she was holding the iPad. I was doing my calendar uh, session with a math lesson. I was doing my calendar, moving everything. And I remember one time she, and this was not one of the videos, she said, are you, you, acabaste? Are you done? I was like, no, 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 hold it right there. Don't move. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing my video. Don't move it. I was like, and then... It was hard because those those videos were like eight and minutes or plus yeah and then the editing that's where i learned how to edit videos so that i i started being creative with that i remember using a lot of like the padlets with the students those different tools the students were able to learn and i found that part of my creativity to to do with students i mean sometimes i use slideshows right and Mm -hmm. like a google slide for the students but that's something that I think everyone knows how to use, right? But like Padlets, using the videos, editing, um, voice record when on Seesaw, even how to use Seesaw. For me, Seesaw was brand new. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like I remember teachers saying that, Oh, Seesaw is a great app. Do you have all the resources there? I was like, I don't know how to use yeah. it. What's Seesaw? What is it? Sounds like a puzzle or something. <laughs> so it was it was hard at the beginning but then you get used to it
0: Ramirez Thomas did some really creative things like the school in general because I remember Zhang the the music teacher yeah. some of the stuff that I saw that she was putting out with those music kids she I went to I dropped into one of the music classes and she had these kids up and singing and yeah. dancing and everyone had their cameras on and my wife we had like a little Room that was became our office, and my wife and I would work in there. And she's like, "What? What are you on right now?" Mm-hmm. And I showed her, and she's like, "That is so yeah. cool." That they, it was just so interesting to see all the different ways that teachers were getting kids to be engaged. And I know it was tough; it it probably wasn't perfect at all times, but the extent that teachers went to keep kids engaged during the pandemic was so commendable and i don't think you guys get enough kudos for for how creative you had to get because it, it and i'm not a teacher so i can't speak to it personally but you have kind of a routine of this is the lesson this is what i do this is what i've done for the last few years this is what works and then now it's like well all of this only works If I'm here in person with them. So now I have to pivot away from all of the curriculum that I've built and find a way to make kids want to do it without me being there overseeing them. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if people and, and I don't even think I know fully how difficult that probably was to transition from the curriculum that you had to basically coming up with it on the fly, right? Yeah, yeah it was
1: here at Miriam Thomas, we, we we teach a mini lesson and then we have a workshop that the students learn how to read and write. And that transition to remote, it was hard because then when we like break into reading time, we didn't know if the student was really reading, right? Uh, we didn't know if the student was really writing something. And also like all those type of activities it was hard to monitor our students but um we had all the support from our admin team we had the support from our parents our community i know some parents that uh, they were there right next to the student and they were supporting them they were like oh so the teacher said this so maybe you can um, improve on, on the writing. And that's, that's one of the things, um, the support that we had. Another, another, I think another good reason why we had the students focusing in our, in our, on our daily activities, it was because we were like telling them about our RT3. Right. And I, um, it's about a responsibility, teamwork and empathy. So that's one other things that we engage. We teachers, we tell them every single day, like, remember the RT3. So you do your best and uh, work as a team Be responsible. So that's one of the things. Another, well, talking about Young, about how she created these videos. I remember at the end of the year, she made a spectacular video with the kindergarten students. They were dancing and everything. That was amazing. We came up with different ideas. You know, first graders, they were showing us their toys on, on Google Meet. They were showing us their pets on Google Meet. And um, we did a pet parade. We had a pet parade. Uh, it was great. I, I don't have a pet at home. So I got a, uh, a llama that my <laughs> wife won at uh, at the uh, stafer. So I got the llama. It was pink llama. You never see a pink yeah. llama. And we were like playing with it. I was like, ah, oh, this is my pet. And everyone had the chance to um sh- show their pet and everything. Because the students really want to do it during instruction time. Mm. So we're like looking for a period, like probably like a Friday. So then students can show their stuff.
0: And it was probably, I I found that so many kids had that opportunity and it kind of allowed students and even adults to kind of see beyond the work person that sits in front of you like you got to see inside the lives of some kids you got to see their pets this is my dog fluffy and this is my sister something and this is my brother and this is my mom and dad and this is my bedroom and this is my favorite blanket and this is my favorite toy and yeah. like you really got to see about people if that makes sense and i even you know for me for example is you know for most of the pandemic my wife was pregnant and my wife too yeah so <laughs> it will and uh you know they'd be like how is she doing and then after after my daughter was born, they would say, oh, can we see her? So then I'd put her on camera and they'd all see her. And then a couple months later go by and they'd be like, is your daughter home? Can we see her? And like, they got to watch my daughter grow up through a camera, but they were just as engaged in it as I was like, how's your daughter doing? How is she doing today? Like, is she sleeping? Yada, yada, yada. And I don't know if I, if they would have had that same interest, had we been in person, they were just so much more like, is your daughter okay? Can we see her? How big has she gotten? Is she walking yet? Is she talking yet? What kind of food is she eating? And they, then they share personal stories like, oh, when my daughter was that age, she was doing this and that. And I just found that some of the more human connections got mm-hmm. stronger because essentially, we were working with all of our colleagues at home, so we were we were keeping they were at home with us. Yeah. So I, was it like that at the teacher level? Because I mean, I've, you probably spent most of your time with kids and not with as many adults, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was. I spent it.
1: Yeah, all my day. I, sometimes I was working till late. I was like, oh, it's. It's already four or five o'clock and and students were dismissed at at three o'clock or two fifty. And I'm still I was still working. Yeah. And my students, like I said, they were they were um sometimes they were sad. They were saying, like, I really want to go back to school. Right. And they're little and they're honest with their comments. Right. Mm Well, really honest with their comments. So, yeah. But that human, that you said, you mentioned like human connection. Yeah. Yeah, That human connection really impact our students. I think everyone. Yeah. In Earth, in planet
0: Earth. When, when that first day back, whatever, April, April 6th. 16th. 16th or 6th. Yeah. Something with a six. Whatever day it was, what was it like for you to come back? I know we still had a lot of COVID rules, Mm -hmm. social distancing, masking or whatever. But I was at Capitol High School that day. And just the energy of being in the, in the school again, kids were laughing and having a good time. And like, even with the masks and stuff, they were still enjoying every second of it. For you, when those kids came back, what was that day like for you? It was, it was beautiful
1: coming back and see the students, coming back and see your team, your people that you work with. It was amazing. Um, it was sad that you couldn't even hug someone, Right to to say hi it was it was amazing it was amazing going back um students students were like oh i they were making comments they were mm-hmm. saying like i thought you were you were uh, taller mr Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I that goes back that to when. the brutally honest that yeah. these yeah. first graders are yeah and then i remember um students were like oh, you look skinnier on this on the screen. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was wonderful coming back to school. Even though we had a lot of restrictions, we always did our best to keep those restrictions, to respect those rules right. Yeah. But,
0: but the energy that kids bring to a school building, like even right now we're sitting in your classroom and there's no kids in here and it's just a room. But when you walk into a classroom with kids, there's just a completely different energy about that room. Yeah. Yeah, the energy,
1: heart. It was good. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of. Ha- Everyone's happy. Everyone was happy to be back.
0: I love it. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank uh, you. I am going to finish with the question that I ask all of my guests is what was the best piece of advice or guidance that you've ever gotten from a teacher or we'll say or a mentor the best advice that i got from a teacher you can take a second too so best advice that i received from
1: a from my mentor yeah mentor or a teacher yeah mentor everything <laughs> <laughs> anything that your dad told you i'm sorry I'm just <laughs> have a plan b ready yeah plan b ready for teachers that's something
0: um oh. if you want to do that yeah Well, it could be like have a plan B ready, especially because you never know what's going to happen throughout a day. You could think that you're going to teach this lesson and that doesn't really happen. So if you want to. I think I think the best advice that a mentor
1: gave me, uh, it was um, to always have a plan B. You never know what's going to happen. You never know if all the students are going to be here. Right. Uh, But always to have a plan B. Obviously, we set up everything. We have our plans for the whole week but you never know so always to have a plan b that was one of the i remember one of my mentors that told me that yeah